Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. I mean, can you imagine a bigger news day? The whole thing now, the whole thing. We, we now know the big question about this whole Spygate thing. We now know the big question. We know the answers. It was all made up all the time, and the fake information was attributed to real people. Fake information attributed to real people who had really, some of them, worked with the government in the past. That is going to be the big scandal. I got that. I've got an update on more media shenanigans. You're not going to want to miss that. Uh, it's just a loaded news day, as always. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Surf the web with peace of mind. Get a VPN today. What are you waiting for? ExpressVPN.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? I am doing well and glad to be here among the real people. Mm -hmm. I, I know you are. This is a this is a genuine, authentic, small slice of Americana it like is. nowhere yeah. else. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, it is such a stacked news day. I don't even know where to start. So let's get right to <laughs> it right, today. Show brought to you by our friends. <laughs> Seriously, I have yeah. so much to do. Uh, it's it's loaded. Uh, today's show brought by, to you by Helix Sleep, which makes a personalized, personalized mattress for you right here in America. Shipped straight to your door, free, no contact delivery, free returns, 100 nights sleep shot. What else can you ask for? Come on. What else can you ask for? I have a Helix Sleep mattress. That's why I'm so jumpy today because I slept like a champion tonight. If there was a champion of sleep, if there's, right? Was I not snoring last night on my Helix mattress when Miss Paula walked in? It was kind of like that. To choose a mattress, Helix, they have a sleep quiz. That's why this is such a great mattress. That you complete, it takes just two minutes and it matches you and your body type and your sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Not for someone else. Why would you want a mattress made for someone else? You a side sleeper, a hot sleeper, like I am. Helix has a mattress specifically for you and unique taste, unique takes. Unique taste, spit it out. I took the quiz and was matched to the Midnight Lux Helix mattress because it's the best. It's like sleeping on a cloud. I love Helix, but don't take my word for it. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ, Wired Magazine, Apartment Therapy. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. They'll match you to a customized mattress for you for the best sleep of your life. Right now, Helix is offering an incredible $200 off all mattress orders for our listeners. Go to helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash Dan. That's helixsleep.com slash Dan. Get up to $200 off your mattress order today. All right, Joe, let's go. Bell is back. Sometimes we have some technical difficulties. Yeah. We got to get a manual bell by Joe. Kind of puts me in a mood. I need to get my horse blinders on. All right, so let's hammer this story first. Uh, this one is an interesting one. Before I get to the Spygate development, which is, I don't even like the term explosive. It, let's just leave it at this. It's really, really good stuff. That's very fascinating. Okay, but before we get to that, interesting article, Legal Insurrection. Great one, as a matter of fact. The media. The media, you know, the media that lies, then lies about lying. And then when caught lying, lies about being caught about lying. And then goes on and lies about that. You know that media. Yeah, that one. They're oddly silent, the media, as virus case numbers are rising in Portland and Seattle by the great Stacey Matthews Legal Insurrection. Article will be up in the show notes today. Please check it out. Fascinating. Which, again quadruples and quintuples down on my point that what, Joe, um, the media only cares about the coronavirus when the coronavirus doesn't impact their pre-existing, more important narrative. Right. And their pre-existing, more important narrative now is there's street chaos everywhere and it's Donald Trump's fault. Don't stop it. Shh. 
Let's keep it going. The chaos till after the election. And then after the election, there'll be no chaos anymore. It'll all disappear because the media won't cover it at all. So just to be clear, the media, the lib media, to be clear, is enjoying this street chaos because they think it's a damaging political narrative to Donald Trump. You tracking? It's not. Yeah. That Trump is trying to stop it. It's actually working in his favor. But no one's ever accused the media of being smart. But so you understand here. They think they can leverage this street chaos into an election victory for Joe Biden by saying, look, the country's in flames because of Donald Trump. So they don't want it to stop. So when things like the coronavirus start rampaging through cities where these riots are happening and these mostly peaceful protests, which is becoming just an embarrassingly hilarious line by the media. Only 17 stabbed in a mostly peaceful protest last night, Joe. Uh. Only 47 police officers injured in a mostly peaceful protest. Only $50,000 in property damage in a mostly peaceful protest. Only six officers blinded in a mostly peaceful protest. It's an embarrassment. But the media only cares about the coronavirus when they can use it to damage Trump. And when it conflicts with another narrative that's more important, we got to keep the chaos going. They suppress stories about the coronavirus. So Stacey Matthews, has, who wrote this piece, it's up at my show notes, Bongino.com slash newsletter. If you'd like to subscribe to the newsletter show notes, it's the same thing. Read this article. It's a great one. And in there, she has, uh, you can see screenshots of some of her tweets. Stacey Matthews, who wrote the piece, who does really good work. You hearing about this in the media, Joe? So let's put up Stacey Matthews' tweet number one. You know, all these riots that are happening in Seattle and and Portland. Mm -hmm. Are you hearing anything about this? So here's her first tweet where she notes an interesting phenomenon from the New York Times' own Oregon page. She says, quote, this graphic is from the New York Times' Oregon page. You can see how cases have steadily risen since early mid-June. This is Oregon, Mm -hmm. where the protests are happening. You know, Portland, it's in Oregon for the liberals checking us out for the first time. You see that? There's a chart there. And Joe, it shows an interesting trend going up. Yeah. That's up, like the opposite of down. For Now, keep in mind, you may see this on the Oregon page because they can't avoid it, but where have you heard this in the national media? Like, hey, maybe we should get a hold of these riots because, you know, coronavirus and all, you're not allowed to get a haircut. You're not allowed to go to church. You're not allowed to see your grandmother, but definitely you should riot you know, rioting, because it has nothing to do with coronavirus. Well, that's not what that chart shows. That chart clearly shows Oregon cases going up. You see see that? Interesting. Now, Joe, because liberals always have a BS line because they don't know what they're talking about, and not all liberals, but a good portion of them are largely morons. I'm very sorry, folks. If that offends you, you're probably listening to the wrong show. I'm done playing nicey-nice. I told my friend this yesterday. You want nicey-nice, cutesy stuff? I'm sorry, this isn't for you. I I don't mean to offend anyone. I love having people here. I love my audience. But this show, we're done nicey-nice time. Nicey-nice time, go to a different show. I'm not the nicey-nice guy. That's a different guy who's not me. You know Dan Bongino? That's the not Dan Bongino. (laughs) But knowing liberals and their lies and media hacks who lie about lying and then lie about knowing they got caught lying, what do you think their line will be, Joe? Well, those are just cases in Oregon, Ah, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Oregon, not Portland. Portland's, you know, small place in Oregon. Oregon's a large, it is a rather large state. Okay, well, Stacey Matthews did that too, because, you know, you always have to be prepared for liberal stupidity. Here's tweet number two. This graphic also from the Times Oregon page shows that the case breakdown by individual counties. Over the last seven days, the counties with the highest number of total cases are 
Forgive me if I'm saying this wrong. Multnomah? I, I'm sorry, Portlanders. Where Portland is located and Washington, which is next to the county where Portland is located. Again, you have to prepare always, Joe, for liberal stupidity. Mm-hmm. They'll say, well, yeah, cases in Oregon are spiking and protests are in Oregon, but we don't know if it's attributable to that exact area in Portland. No, no, it is. That's where the most cases are in that county where Port- Portland is. Do you see that? You know, charts. Liberal. We believe in science. You do? You believe in data too? You know, liberals, the science party, right? The science party told you there's 7,426 genders that thinks the coronavirus doesn't impact people in protests, but will definitely spread in your church, especially if it's a Christian church. That, you know, those guys, the science guys, you know why I laugh at these idiots? Because they're not, this is real. They really, they really do want you to believe they're the party of science, despite science absolutely destroying their stupid narratives. You haven't heard about this, have you? About how the, the virus is... Wait, we did hear something. That's right. We did hear something. That's accurate, Joe. We haven't heard that effect at all. That is the crickets you're hearing from the media yeah. describing the explosion in cases around the riots in Portland. You may say, because again, you have to know liberals, folks. Liberals are liars. That's what they do. Not all of them, but a good swath of them are just liars. They'll say, well, that's isolated to that one area because of like aliens or something, whatever. More on that tomorrow, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I I, I have no time today. So. Well, let's go to Seattle, where some more riots are happening. And again, Stacey Matthews' Twitter feed, which is really great on this. Here's another graphic from the Times Washington State page showing the rising case numbers in the state of Washington. You know, Washington lives where Seattle is. And in case you're listening on audio only, it's not complicated. The cases are going up. Again, for the liberals on the radio dial listening and listening digitally, that means the opposite of down means coronavirus cases are rising. Now, you may say, well, maybe they already forgot about the Portland example. The liberals will say, what, Joe? That's definitely not in Seattle. It's just statewide, but not in Seattle where the riots are happening. Okay, let's let's, let's check that out, too. Here's the county-by-county breakdown. Over the last seven days, the counties with the highest number of total new cases are King, where Seattle is located, and Pierce, which is next to King. You're not, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't hear that anywhere. You're not hearing that anywhere, are you? The national media, MSDNC, CNN, are they reporting on this? How the riots are are causing a rampaging uh, coronavirus infections? You're not hearing any of that, right? Because they love the riots. They love the riots. This is good for them. It's a chaos narrative, which they think works for them because they think they can pin it on Trump. But Trump's not dumb enough to fall for it. Trump's pinning it back on them because these are Democrat cities and everybody knows it. You haven't heard that story now, have you? Well, you heard it on my show. And thankfully, our audience is significant enough that we can make a real difference about the national conversation. Showing you how crazy it's actually become in these places, including Portland, which is is totally in chaos. Do not listen to the media liars. Like, it's only a few blocks of Portland burning down. Only a few blocks. Only a few. So just to be clear, if these people showed up in your neighborhood and only burned down your two blocks, you'd say, don't worry, police, public, media folks, don't even report on this. It's just my two blocks burning down. 
There's a full-blown assault war going on in Portland for the federal courthouse, which the media refuses to report honestly about. But it's gotten so crazy that when Trump does respond, which he did, he sent in the uh, uh, federal law enforcement officials to preserve the courthouse from being taken and sacked by like the Visigoths or something, as I said on Gutfeld show this weekend. This is insane, Joe. The Oregon attorney general is actually suing the federal government for trying to defend its own courthouse. (laughs) Washington Post, you think I'm messing with you? Oregon attorney general sues federal agencies for allegedly violating protesters' civil rights. Which ones? The The civil right to burn the courthouse down? Is that anywhere in the Constitution? The uh, Amendment 4.6, you now have the right to violently assemble and burn down government property at will using lasers, firearms, incendiary incendiary devices, hatchets, and shields. I didn't read that in the Constitution. I don't know if you did. I missed that somehow. So Oregon's actually suing the federal government for protecting federal property in the middle of a riot zone in Portland. Yes, this is actually happening. Now, just when you think this story couldn't get more embarrassing, morons are chiming in about this lawsuit, the moron class. You know, Susan Rice and the whole Spygate crew in the Obama administration? Yeah. If I tie those stories in. Yeah, the moron class. So hat tip to the great undercover Huber. I saw this on his Twitter feed this weekend. Susan Rice, Joe, fighting against the Trump administration, who's trying to defend Portland. Susan Rice claimed this weekend and uh that federal officers are secretly working for a private security firm, ZTI. <laughs> Wait, keep this up, Paula. Get a load of this. <laughs> Don't, see, if you're on YouTube, you get to read ahead. Because some blue tick, uh, blue check marks on Twitter misread a shoulder patch that says ZT1, which is a unique identifier for the officer, which she'd know if she actually listened to DHS. <laughs> so just to be clear how stupid <laughs> Susan Rice is, You know, the former national security advisor from the Obama administration, one of the officers on the scene had a marking unique to him that said ZT1 on market. Wait, wait, Joe, the liberal media told us that Trump's stormtroopers, as Nancy Pelosi described them, these Mm -hmm. are federal agents and officers. They're not military. She said they were unmarked like ninjas (laughs) out of the last samurai. She said that, right? Joe, yeah. did she not say that? She, she These are unmarked stormtroopers, yeah. the media? That's right. We've, they're unmarked stormtroopers, ninja style. Ninja style. So what's weird is they're not unmarked. They have markings specific to them so they can be identified readily. Mm-hmm. It's not their last names because they're afraid of being doxxed, but it's specific to them, like a badge number. Right. And one of them was ZT1, which Susan Rice, because she's an idiot, misread thinking it was ZTI, which is a private security firm. <laughs> oh, my gosh, ladies and gentlemen, you're talking about, oh, my, this is like frustrating, the moron class. Now you're like, how did they fall for the dossier? Fall for it? One, they're idiots. And number two, they didn't fall for it. They thought we were going to fall for it. They were dumb enough to believe we would believe it. Susan, look at this patch. ZTI, that's a private security guy. No, it's ZT1. It's a unique marking to a federal agent you're telling us is unmarked. You dunce. Dunce. 
Private security guards are kidnapping civilians. That's a federal agent, you idiot. Can this get worse? It always gets worse. Hat tip again, the great undercover Huber. Great account to follow on Parler and Twitter. So the lawsuit filed by the moron attorney general, Ellen Rosenblum, in Oregon, because she wants her city to burn down, apparently. In the lawsuit, they use videos, Joe. Hey, Paula, before you put this up, this is, I, I see you on the You got to listen. This is funny. The Oregon attorney general used a bunch of videos, Joe, to show that these federal agents who Susan Rice thought were private security that weren't because she can't read a marking she said was unmarked. Mm-hmm. They use videos, the Oregon attorney general. They use videos of, of people being kidnapped off the streets by the private security firm that wasn't a private security firm. They actually showed the videos to the court. This is from the actual lawsuit. Hat tip again, undercover Huber for pointing this out. Footnote in the lawsuit. The state initially included a third example talking about these videos, but it withdrew that video because it recorded events that occurred in San Diego. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> if you ever, ever, if you, you know what? Remember the idea of great warrior kings and these, we are not living in that time right now. <laughs> we are li- being led by political figures, both elected and outside of formal elected politics, but running to be part of politics. Susan Rice is unquestionably trying to be the vice president of the United States under Joe Biden. We are buying, being led by the dumbest group of human beings at any point in human history. So Susan Rice, who can't identify a marking, she said was unmarked on a federal agent. She's telling you as a private security person who's not. Susan Rice chimes in on that one. And then the Oregon attorney general produces video evidence of alleged federal agent kidnappings in Oregon. And the video is not even from Oregon. It's from San Diego. Oh. Oh. This is the class of morons you're being led by right now. You know, I listened um, to a fascinating podcast this weekend. Uh, I like Econ Talk. It's, it's a good one. And uh, it was an older one, but I was listening to a Cuban-American who does some homework. He used to work for the CIA, Martin Gouri. And he was saying how this, I don't want to, I'm probably being unnecessarily harsh. His evaluation is a little more, <laughs> a little nicer. As I said, nice show time is over. But the gist of it is, you know, we're being led by idiots and the digital era we live in now has exposed those idiots. And that on some good news, he felt like, and if I'm mischaracterizing his position, he should email me and I'll be happy to interview him on the show. But that this may lead at some point to a peaceful breakup of the United States at some point in the future, or could, where people are just going to be tired of this. They're like, you know what? If Susan Rice wants to run to be vice president of the United States and lead the whole country, knowing she's one of the dumbest people to ever hold a position of power in the United States, as evidenced by her actions, Benghazi, Bo Bergdahl, she's just on the wrong side of everything, which makes her either dumb or complicit. Then let her do that. But you guys can have your own federal government here because now we're exposing her like I just did on this show. 
we're exposing her. You guys do your own thing and there'll be some regional breakup. You'll have a Southwest United States, a Northeast, California, the country of California, whatever it may be, but we're not going to be led by you morons. We'll pick our own local morons and figure it out ourselves. Seriously. We'll pick our own local idiots. That way we have more control over the idiots. Interesting. Very interesting. All right, let me get to my second sponsor, and I got to move on to the Spygate story, which seriously exploded, Ex- like, totally exploded. It's over for them. It's over. The media won't tell you this, but it's over there. Matter of fact, the media is desperately trying to cover up what happened. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at Bravo Company Manufacturing. Listen, when our founding fathers crafted the Constitution, the first thing they did was ensure the right of an individual to defend themselves without being limited by the government. You know how strongly I feel about this. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're going to buy a firearm, buy from Bravo Company Manufacturing. The rifles are the best in the business. Now, you know, they always tell you in advertisements, don't, don't say what a company isn't, but in this case, it matters. Bravo Company Manufacturing manufactures life-saving equipment. Please understand that. Their rifles are designed to defend your life. God forbid it's at risk, you or the life of your family. This is not, it is not a sporting arms company. If you want a hunting rifle, there's a lot of great companies that do that, but that's not Bravo. They build life-saving equipment to the highest standards possible Assembled by hand right here in Heartland, Wisconsin, America to a life-saving standard. They've always put their people before their products. Their rifles are the finest in the business. I have two of them and I love them. On point every single time. Precision accuracy. BCM knows that making reliable life-saving tools is their mission. That is their mission. Go check them out today. Learn more about Bravo Company Manufacturing by heading over. To Bravo Company M like Mary, F like Frank, G.com. That's Bravo Company MFG.com, where you can discover more about special offers they have coming up. They're un- incredible, unbelievably good products and upcoming news. The best rifles and firearms in the business. Bravo Company MFG.com. Check it out. Also, check out their YouTube channel. Important. YouTube.com slash Bravo Company USA. YouTube.com slash Bravo Company USA. The best in the business hands down. All right. So you may again be saying to yourself, how could this Spygate story possibly get any worse? Oh, ladies and gentlemen, it has. Let's get right to it. So the New York Times, which is an embarrassing rag, uh, cornucopia of stupidity populated by discredited collusion hoaxers with no careers left to speak of anymore. You know, Charlie Savage, Adam Goldman, the other ones who... Uh, history is going to laugh at these these idiots who just propagated all the Spygate myths in an effort to gaslight you. So instead of giving up on this thing and finally admitting they lied to America, there was no reason to spy on the Trump team. The Trump team was spied on. They had nothing to base it on and that they took part in actively promoting propaganda used to do it. They're doubling and tripling down. So backstory before I show you this New York Times uh, headline, because it's important. Christopher Steele, who wrote the fake you know, the dossier had attributed the information to a PSS, a primary subsource. In other words, Steele puts together a dossier, says, I got all this information from this guy. Who that guy was, was a mystery to many outside of a limited few groups of people, a limited group of people I correspond with. They knew who he was a long time ago. But who that primary subsource was, was a mystery for a long time. You tracking me? Primary subsource allegedly feeds information to Steele. Steele gives it to the Clinton campaign. They use the information, the FBI, to spy on Donald Trump. Right. We now know. Mm -hmm. Right with you, brother. We now know who that primary subsource is. 
Was he a Russian? A Russian in Russia connected to Putin in his inner circle, as was claimed by so many in the media? A sensitive source. No, he was a guy down the street from the White House and the Brookings Institute. A think tank. Yeah, a left-leaning liberal think tank. Wait, Dan. Dan, Steele said he got this information from high-level sources inside Putin's circle. No, they were inside a building a mile away from the White House. So now, instead of the New York Times, again, which advanced all this BS forever, high-level information, Trump's colluding with the Russians. We got it, folks. We got the big story. We're giving Pulitzer Prizes for this. <laughs> it's hilarious. They were giving Pulitzers. <laughs> instead of now coming clean and going, hey, all right, none of this information was actually attributed to high-level Russians and the Putin government, but a dude a mile away from the White House in a Democrat think tank. The New York Times is now mad at you. <laughs> no way. Yes. Yes. You know, Charlie Savage and Adam Goldman discredited, debunked collusion hoaxers. They're mad at you for uncovering who the source, steel source was. You think I'm kidding? <laughs> Look at this. This is the cover of New York Times. They're, they're upset. There he is. Adam, hack, uh, hoaxer, hack Adam Goldman. And gaslighter extraordinaire, gold medal gaslighter, Charlie Savage again, two clowns. Headline, New York Times. The FBI pledged to keep a source anonymous. Trump allies aided in his unmasking. Oh, it's us now. This is great. This is great, Joe. So now it's not the president was spied on. His campaign was spied on by an opposing political party and a sitting president who took a role in it, along with the vice president who's now running for president against Trump again. And yet all of this stuff, this spying scandal run by this group of clowns, Obama, Biden, Clinton and others, the DNC and elsewhere. God forbid we trace it back to one person who says it's all a lie. And the real scandal is that we traced it back to the person. We outed him. Oh my gosh. It's our fault. Trump allies, shame on you. The garlic chain around your neck and put the cross up like we're a bunch of Nosferatu or whatever that name for vampires is. <laughs> we're the bad guys. We're the blood-sucking demons. Is this real? Is this even real? Are we even living in the, the real world where newspapers that, you know, prided themselves on uncovering sources for real information that exposed scandals over the last hundred years, real newspapers, not the New York Times and stuff. They're now at the point where we've uncovered the biggest scandal of the century, that the whole reason for spying on the Trump team was a lie based on this one guy's information. We find out who the guy is. And instead of you wondering how we relied on information from a guy that was fake, the big story is how we're wrong because we outed him. Is this real? It gets even worse. By the way, Adam Goldman and Charlie Savage are an absolute disgrace to journalism. Folks, I'm not kidding when I say this. I, I know it's become slightly personal at this point because of the damage they've done to this country, real damage. These journalists have printed lies for years, have done significant damage to this country, debunked, discredited lies. They just won't stop. I'm warning you, do not trust anything they print, anything. 
There is a significant chance what they are printing is propaganda fed to them that they know is a lie in an effort to cover up the biggest scandal of the century. If you're reading it and you're believing it, I feel really bad for you. Nothing they're telling you on this topic shouldn't be questioned three and four times. There's a significant chance it's a lie. From their piece, it gets even worse. The dossier did play an important role in a narrow part of the FBI's early Russia investigation. What? A narrow part? So now that we have the source of the dossier who fed it to Steele, and we know it's all discredited nonsense from a guy who was a mile away from the White House in a Democrat think tank, not in Russia or in Putin's inner circle, we know the information's false. We know the information was used in the dossier. Now your line of attack is, you bad guys shouldn't have uncovered them. And secondly, it only played a narrow part? That's a, that's a quote. Ladies and gentlemen, the entire dossier and warrant to spy on the Trump team through Carter Page, the entire thing, the significant parts of it, the most, the most significant parts of it were all the dossier, all the dossier. But even more importantly, a big hat tip to Stephen McIntyre, who's cited, by the way, extensively in my next book, Follow the Money, which... Well, again, we'll totally, thank you to all who purchased it on Friday. We blew up the Barnes and Noble charts, Amazon and elsewhere. My next book blows the doors on all this. It's stuff I'm talking about now, but it's just in a lot of detail and in one place. Not like hiding anything from you. Hey, I don't read my book later. It's covered. It's all in one spot though. Thank you, Paul. Going to be a handy dandy guide to all the deep state connections. I'll get to in a minute too. More can I, how the impeachment hoax has everything to do with what happened here too. I want to make this important point. So we now found the source of the discredited information that wound up in the dossier that was not a narrow part of the case against the Trump team. It was the whole case. But hat tip Stephen McIntyre, it's not so much the FISA warrant now that's the big scandal against Carter Page. We've already uncovered most of that. It was fake. It was always fake. They renewed it when they knew it was fake. We get that. That's huge. But the bigger part of this scandal is the role the dossier played in the intelligence community assessment. Oh, where are we going? Where are we going with this? Yeah, yeah, where are we going with this? Again, hat tip Stephen McIntyre, who's done an amazing job on this. He makes the point that, listen, while they spied on the campaign with the FISA warrant and the FISA warrants were renewed knowing they were false, it were really located on, centralized onto Carter Page. Now, we know there may have been hops there that infiltrated the Trump campaign, and it's all devastating. But the intelligence community assessment that's released in January of 2017, remember that? The 17 agencies say Trump colluded with Russia because the Russians hated Hillary Clinton. Remember that? Mm -hmm. That intelligence community assessment later on was as damaging, if not more damaging, than the FISA warrants to spy on the Trump team. Why? Because that was the narrative false narrative that was used by Goldman, Charlie Savage, the New York Times, the Washington Post, Rachel Maddow, Chuck Todd, and every single media hack to go and propagate the myth that the Russians wanted Trump in office and the way they did it was by colluding with him. I need you to be, I need you to be crystal clear on this. That was all based on what people thought 
was a formal intelligence product from the intelligence community, the ICA, Intelligence Community Assessment, issued in January of 2017, right as Trump's about to swear into office and Obama's transitioning out. That intelligence product, which said Trump colluded with the Russians, basically, and the Russians wanted, more importantly, I should say, uh, the Trump colluded was more based than that, but it was in the dossier, which stated that the Russians definitely wanted Hillary elected. That was used by the media as the bedrock principal way going forward that they need to investigate this. It was all fake. How do we know? Because that was based on the dossier too. This is from Stephen McIntyre's Twitter feed. Look at this. You don't believe me? Look at dossier number 95 from Steele. Paul Manafort, who was using foreign policy advisor Carter Page and others as intermediaries. The two sides had a mutual interest in defeating Democratic presidential candidate Hillary Clinton, whom President Putin apparently both hated and feared. So just to be clear, again, the media is saying, no, no, Trump colluded with the Russians because Putin hated and feared Hillary Clinton. Well, where are you guys getting that in the media? We're getting it from the intelligence community assessment. This is a 17 agencies all agree. Where did they get it? Where did, where did they get that? That Putin hated Hillary Clinton and feared her? Where, where, Joe, where did they get that? Did you just see that? Yeah. In, I just saw it in the dossier, the dossier. You may say, Dan, that's not in the intelligence committee assessment. Really? Let's just go to the intelligence committee assessment and just read it verbatim. No, I'm not reading the dossier again. I'm reading the actual intelligence community assessment. Putin ordered the influence effort with the aim of defeating Secretary Clinton, whom Putin quotes, they even quoted, feared and hated. They even quote, put the quotation marks. So just, just to be clear. The intelligence community, 17 agencies agree Putin wanted uh, wanted Trump, not Clinton. The media then went on to use that narrative. They got that from the dossier, which we now know is fake. They even quoted it. They put the quotation marks in the intelligence community assessment from dossier report 95, which is fake. It's not from a Putin inner circle guy. It's from a dude down the block from the White House. They made this whole thing up. And Hack Goldman and Hack Savage from the New York Times are mad at you for figuring it out. Oh my gosh, I just ripped the pay. <laughs> you see that? Gotta go ease up on those bicep curls. Look at that. Just read my own page. Ladies and gentlemen, this gets worse. How can it possibly get worse? Oh, it does. You know what? Let me get to my uh, final sponsor here. And I, cause I want to rock and roll through this. We got a lot of show for you. So you're like the media relied on an intelligence community assessment that was based on the same fake dossier. The Pfizer warrants are yes. Yes. That's the scandal. Yes. That's it. It's as simple as that, but it does get worse. Don't go anywhere. I got we're not even scratching the surface yet. Final sponsor today, Omaha Steaks. Listen, they're offering a steakhouse grilling package. Listen, I, I, I can't do this read because my mouth waters all the time. I love Omaha. I'm a huge fan of Omaha Steaks. Their burgers are the best in the business. And my mouth starts worse, so forgive me. They got an exclusive offer for Omaha Steaks for my listeners. Go to omahasteaks.com. Enter code Bongino in the search bar. And this week, go this week, Omaha Steaks will add four burgers and four gourmet jumbo franks free with your order. Oh, your food is so good. It's called the Grand Summer Grill Out Package, and it lets you stay at home and eat like you're at the best steakhouse in town. Ladies and gentlemen, these steaks are amazing. 
We're talking Omaha steaks and their bacon-wrapped filet mignon, pork chops, chicken, kielbasa, and more delivered right to your door. Smoky sweet bacon, fork tender filet mignon, oh, or for much, or for much less than going out to a restaurant. Visit Omaha Steaks. I'm starving too right now. This is like, I can't handle it. Visit omahasteaks.com. Type Bongino in the search bar to get this deal today. Omaha Steaks isn't just steak. It's the best steak of your life, guaranteed. And don't forget, when you order the grand summer grill out package, you'll get four jumbo franks and four delicious, delectable, juicy Omaha Steak Burgers free to complete your steakhouse steakhouse experience. You'll never eat a burger again outside of Omaha after after eating one of theirs. Go to omahasteaks.com, type Bongino in the search bar, and shop summer grill packs today. They deliver quality and safety with every order. They come in a flash-frozen, vacuum-sealed, and it's safely delivered to your door in a cooler with dry ice. They're fresher than fresh. Again, go to omahasteaks.com, type Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O in the search bar. Take advantage of this amazing deal today. Go today. Check it out. All right. You, yeah. All right, good. Just checking. We good? All right. Get the thumbs up. You may say, how can this case possibly get any worse now? So the federal government put together an intelligence community assessment under Obama based on a PP dossier from a guy a mile away from the White House and then quoted it exactly. And then no one in the media thought to ask any questions. 17 agencies said so. No, no. Christopher Steele said so in his kooky PP dossier. This does get worse. This is a little bit of a long clip, about two minutes, but it's worth your time. This was Devin Nunes, great congressman from California, on Maria Bartiromo's fantastic show this week on Fox, talking about some key takeaways from what this guy in the Brookings Institution, which is about, what, don't they have an office like a mile or so, maybe two miles from the White House? So we now know, again, Steele's source was not in Russia, was not Putin's pal, had no real information he gave to Steele. But by the way, I'll get to the... Don't blame fully the Brookings guy. Steele, I think, made a lot of this up. But that's a, but just to be clear, the Brookings Institution knew who this guy was, Steele's source. It's a think tank. And Devin Nunes says there's some really interesting things going on with the Brookings Institution. Check out this clip. And on the other side, I'll tell you the really strange connections between them, the impeachment hoax, and Spygate. Check this out. Our investigation continues, Maria. And I would... I would I think draw your uh, attention to, your viewers' attention to something that happened last week. So we've known that Steele supposedly had these sources. We've long speculated uh, and a lot of times joked that Steele basically made this stuff up, uh, that he supposedly had six sources. And what's happened is, is as things have been declassified and also there was a court case involving Steele in London uh, on Monday where we now see direct links uh, between the Brookings Institute leadership uh, and the creation, uh, possibly, of the Steele dossier and the dissemination of the Steele dossier. So at the time, we now know there were text messages back and forth with one of the, I mean, it's basically the leading center-left institution uh, here in our nation's capital. Uh, it has a number of fellows. Uh, they focus on national security. Um, I think they have real answer questions that need to be answered here about what on earth was the president of Brookings doing texting back and forth to Steele? Why was he accepting the dossier? 
Uh, there's, a, there's a lot here. Then you also have to, let's not forget, for the last four years, Brookings also was the cheerleader for the dossier. So they were out there defending this dossier. They have this like kind of fake uh, group called this lawfare group uh, that's been out there. And you know, on a daily basis, all they were there for is, number one, to attack House Republicans in our investigation. Four years running, by the way. They got everything wrong. And they always, were, they always were defending one thing. They were always defending the dirty cops. So you have the former president of Brookings. Now you have this group that was stood up that's sitting there cheerleading on the dirty cops. They've got a lot to answer for. And we also don't know, are any of Steele's sources, were they related somehow to Brookings? We, I think Brookings needs to answer those questions. Joe, do you have the Nunes translator handy? Uh, yeah, here we go. Initiating Nunes translator, Dan. Thank you. We haven't used that in a while. Yep. My job here, because Devin Nunes won't reveal classified information because he has some dignity, unlike Adam Schiff and others, um, he's a real congressman, you know. My job here is to translate for you what Nunes is actually telling you. Let me just sum it up in a sentence here. The information they used to spy on the Trump team and for the intelligence community assessment, which made allegations of treason, was fake, but it was tagged to real people in the Brookings Institution. How did those people in the Brookings Institution make contact with Steele? How did they know to? Were some of the people Steele was using as sources, were they classified intelligence community sources that had worked with intelligence communities before? How did Steele find them? You, you think they just met up over tea and crumpets? And accidentally bumped elbows in a Starbucks. Oh, oh, hey. Oh, I'm Christopher Steele. Hello. I'm a sensitive source for the Central Intelligence Agency. W really? Yes, I am. Can we talk about Donald Trump? Yes, we can. I know things about Donald Trump. What a kawiki dink. How did that happen? We're always a few months, if not years ahead of this. Some of this stuff's in my initial book, Spygate, which we wrote four years ago. But how is it that information we know is fake, the dossier information, is attributed consistently to real people? The Brookings guy and other people, Sergey Milian and others. And yet the information's fake and the real people it's attributed to, most of the time, Joe, say, I didn't say that. That's just totally made up. Was it always made up from the start? Made up by people working within the Obama administration and the Clinton campaign who fabricated the whole thing, told Steele to tag it to real sources. Those real sources were real informants for the Central Intelligence Agency, intelligence agencies overseas and elsewhere. How did they get the names to tag it to? Oh boy. Are you are you picking this up? I gotta be careful here, but are you picking up what I'm putting down? Yeah, Daddy. That the names of these intelligence sources were classified. Yeah. There's a good chance Steele did not know them. Someone gave them to Steele. Classified sources. Who Steele said that guy said it. And then when I interviewed the guy, he said, I didn't say that. Who told you that? What was Brookings Institution's role in this being that one of the primary sources Steele used had an affiliation with the Brookings Institution, a left-wing think tank? 
Who was the president of the Brookings Institution at the time this was all going down? There's no way that the president of the Brookings Institution, where Steele's alleged source, I'm telling you, I think Steele made this whole thing up. Understand that. But where Steele said he got the information, he works in Brookings. Who was the president? There's no way it would be a senior diplomat in the Bill Clinton administration who then left and was at Brookings as president when it happened, right? That would be just crazy, wouldn't it? That'd be nuts. Uh, no, because that's actually what happened. Oh. Let's go to a great piece in National Review by Zach Evans about Strobe Talbot, a name you heard on this show three and a half years ago. Steele updated the Cl- uh, Clinton ally on dossier progress in 2016. Zach Evans, this article will be up in the show notes today. You need to read this one. It's back from April. So just to be clear... A former Bill Clinton ally, Strobe Talbot, one of his buddies, who was a senior diplomatic official in his Bill Clinton's presidency, was running the Brookings Institution when a guy affiliated with the Brookings Institution, his name is used in a dossier as a source, his name is the primary subsource, to then spy on the Trump team. Don't worry, Adam Goldman and Charlie Savage, we're definitely the bad guys for exposing this. You guys are real heroes for being stupid enough to fall for this. Clinton ally, president of institution that allegedly feeds information into a fake dossier the FBI used to spy on the president and then uses for an intelligence community assessment to allege that Donald Trump is a treasonous traitor to the, a treasonous traitor to the country. Let's go to screenshot number one from the National Review piece. This is just fantastic. Talbot, the president of the Brookings Institution, indicated that he was told of Steele's work by former National Security Advisor Susan Rice. You know, Susan Rice, who thinks ZT1 means ZTI because she's too stupid to figure it out. Or former State Department official Victoria Nuland, who used to work for Talbot and then worked in the State Department. Wait, what? So Talbot, who's running the place where this primary subsource is affiliated, feeding BS information... Talbot says, I heard it from Susan Rice from the Obama administration. Now, Rice denies this, according to her attorney. But he says he got it from them. Wow. That's really weird. Susan Rice, who was Obama's national security advisor? Joe, kind of sounds like maybe the Obama administration was orchestrating this whole thing with Hillary Clinton. Yeah. This kind of, sort of. You're saying these connections can't possibly get any worse. You mentioned before, Dan, something about how in your book you talk about, it's called Follow the Money, my book, because all these scandals are the same people. All of them. They're all the same people. Soros, Brookings, anti-Trump cabal fake whistleblowers. The impeachment hoax and Spygate are the same people. When Spygate didn't work, they spied on Trump. He got elected anyway. Then they moved seamlessly into the Mueller probe, and that didn't work. And then they moved seamlessly into impeachment over the Ukraine hoax. It's the same people. Can't possibly be. Really? Let's go to screenshot number two from the National Review piece. Remember Fiona Hill, Joe? Russia expert testified in the impeachment hearing. Yeah. Kind of like hit Donald Trump pretty hard. You're like, Fiona, hell, she worked in the uh, Trump administration. Listen, they should have got rid of her early. Like, no way she appears in this thing, too. Okay, let's just read from the article. 
So Steele went on to provide Strobe Talbot, you know, Clinton guy running the Brookings Institution, with a copy of his dossier in November of 2016. <laughs> That's weird. And Talbot, who was tapped in 2011 by Secretary of State Hillary Clinton to chair the State Department's Foreign Affairs Advisory Board, then disseminated the dossier to his Brookings colleague, Fiona Hill, in January of 2017 while she was serving in the Trump administration. Come on, that can't be. She was the one <laughs> with her high-minded BS routine at the impeachment hearing. She was above the whole fray. Remember at the impeachment hearing when she said she knew about Steele and stuff, but couldn't really recall much of the details about her relationship with him? That's interesting because we can recall them now. So Fiona Hill who testifies in the impeachment hearing against Donald Trump at the fake, you know, the fake quid pro quo that never happened. Who else was there? Oh, remember that other guy? What was his name? David, he's in my book too, whose wife was on an email chain with Victoria Newland. Remember that guy? His wife was on an email chain with Victoria Newland about things in the dossier. Remember that? Remember the the fake whistleblower who started the whole thing? Yeah, that guy? Yeah, you know, the fake whistleblower? You know, the fake whistleblower who started the whole thing is on the record meeting with a Ukrainian lawmaker whose trip was funded by a Soros group to the United States? Ukrainian lawmaker who meets with the fake whistleblower? She met with some of the same people involved in the Spygate scandal on that same trip. Oh, yeah. David Kramer, who worked for McCain, who uh, uh, was alleged to have passed the dossier off to the FBI. Remember him? So Ukrainian lawmaker met with that guy, met with Alexandra Chalupa, who was working with Ukrainians to spread misinformation about Manafort and others. And she also meets with the fake whistleblower while people testifying in the impeachment scandal started by the fake whistleblower, the same people are dealing with people at Brookings who are passing around the dossier. It's the same people. There's another screenshot, by the way, from this piece, the National Review piece. You're like, these connections can't possibly get any worse. No, they do. Talbot, Strobe Talbot, Brookings Institute's guy, his brother-in-law, Cody Shear, who's a Clinton lieutenant, by the way, also disseminated his own dossier, alleging basically the PP stuff. You may say, Dan, this is getting very confusing. It doesn't need to be. The exact same people who were making up the fake information in the dossier used to spy on the Trump team and later used to produce an intelligence community assessment used by the media to claim Trump was a traitor, guilty of treason to this country, and that the Russians wanted Hillary to win. The same people involved in that were the exact same people who produced evidence of a fake Ukrainian quid pro quo used in a hoax impeachment sham to try to get rid of the president after the Mueller probe failed. It's the same people. It's the same people. Who was marshalling all this, ladies and gentlemen? Well, it seems clear at this point, it's Hillary Clinton and the Obama administration. But who was paying for all this behind the scenes? Here's an interesting article at the Wall Street Journal, a name you'll see in all three of my books on this, my Spygate, Exonerated, and my soon-to-be-released book, Follow the Money. 
Wall Street Journal from March of 2015. Clinton charity tapped foreign friends. They did. 2015 article. What does this have to do with anything? Remember the name Victor Pinchuk? Victor Pinchuk, Ukrainian guy. Yeah. Runs a company called Interpipe. Yeah. Remember that guy? Yeah, Pinchuk. Victor Pinchuk appears in my, uh, my, a couple of my, my books. I think he makes an appearance in Follow the Money, too. No, I know he does. Pinchuk's a big donor to the Clinton Foundation, which they've been looking at since as far back as 2015. Clinton's got caught talking to Pinchuk and then disavowed any knowledge of knowing him, even though he was scheduled to appear at Mrs. Clinton's house down in Washington, D.C., when those emails were uncovered, the Clintons and their people said, no, 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 Pinchuk's, we don't know. We, 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 that's not our guy. Really? That's interesting because this Wall Street Journal piece from back in 2015 says he is your guy. Says that between 2009 and 2013, including when Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State, the Clinton Foundation received at least $8.6 from Pinchuk based in Kiev, Ukraine? This foundation was created by Pinchuk, whose fortune stems from pipe making. He served two terms as an elected member of the Ukrainian parliament and as a proponent of closer ties between Ukraine and the European Union. Mr. Pinchuk and his wife, the daughter of a former president, began donating to Clinton charities in 2006 after being introduced to Mr. Clinton by Doug Schoen, a pollster who's worked for both Clintons. You mean the same Doug Schoen, who, according to Farah filings, was Foreign, Foreign Agent Registration Act was paid and is alleged to have arranged the meeting between the Ukrainian lawmaker, John McCain's guy, the fake whistleblower, and the woman who was putting out most of the fake information about Manafort's ties to Ukraine, which was used to uh, foster the Russia hoax. You mean Shone is involved in all that? The same guy being paid by Pinchuk, who's a mega donor to the Clinton Foundation who was a pollster for the Clintons? Yeah, that guy. They all know each other, folks. Let me just sum this up for you because it's important. The dossier was fake. It was always fake. When the media ran with it and it didn't work, they used Bob Mueller to try and scare Trump into an obstruction charge. That didn't work. Trump didn't play into his trap. Then they started a fake impeachment hoax based on a phone call and a quid pro quo that never happened using the exact same people who were involved in the Spygate hoax. And the most damaging part of this whole thing is the intelligence communities that put out this intelligence community assessment saying that Putin hated and feared Mrs. Clinton, literally quoted from a dossier everybody now knows is fake because we've tracked down the source who was affiliated with a Brookings institution run by a Clinton guy who's now said it's fake and he didn't say any of that. You, you'd never believe this could get any worse, but it does. All right, my final story of the day um, is important. If you didn't uh, catch Life, Liberty, and Levin last night, then go to whatever it is, Fox Nation or TVO, DVR, whatever it may be. You need to watch it. I think there's a replay next week. Levin's show last night was incredible. They had Stanley Kurtz on, who has been talking about one of the biggest domestic policy scandals in a generation that the media, again, is not covering at all, but we've covered on this show for upwards of three years now. How the Democrats are literally going to war with the suburbs. I'm not kidding. It's happened. 
Look at the case of Westchester County, where they sued them, the federal government, and in 2009 forced Westchester County to build a bunch of low-income housing in high-end suburbs because they felt like it. Because, you know, racism and all. They made all that up. It's actually happening. Trump has stopped it. It's called AFFH. Tattoo it on your skull. Affirmatively furthering fair housing. It is a big government, far-left, radical agenda to destroy the suburbs. Destroy the suburbs because liberals hate the suburbs because it pulls tax money away from the big cities they want to dominate. They hate the suburbs. That's your house. So to liberals watching, the great Stanley Kurtz, who's been all over this story for years, if not decades now, was on Life, Liberty, and Levin and for an hour broke down how the Democrats and Joe Biden are about to burn your neighborhood to the ground with these programs. Here's clip number one. It's a two-minute clip. This is one minute of the two minutes. And this is Kurtz explaining how Joe Biden's about to bring back this program that's going to take over your schools, your policing, put public transportation in neighborhoods that aren't built for it, and they're going to claim you're a racist if you don't meet racial quotas in your neighborhood and build low-income housing smack dab in the middle of your neighborhood. And if you dare speak out, you're definitely a racist. Check out this clip. That brief mention and created out of it a transformative rule, a little bit like Obamacare in that it's a massive rule that does a great many things uh, and you have to keep delving and delving. And the, the bottom line is that AFFH, the acronym for Affirmatively Furthering Fair Housing, would radically undercut the political and economic independence of America's suburbs. It would allow bureaucrats in Washington, in the Department of Housing and Urban Development, to control zoning laws, to control uh, the placement of transportation and business districts, even to some degree the drawing of school districts. In other words, almost every important local governmental responsibility could, under AFFH, fall into the de facto control of the feds. Folks, you think he's making this up? You think this is hyperbolic? Look up Westchester 2009 consent decree, where as a test case, liberals sued Westchester County, New York, saying they weren't affirmatively furthering fair housing and alleging basically that the citizens of Westchester were racist. You don't have enough minorities in these neighborhoods. Keep in mind, Westchester, I think, is the fourth most diverse county in the country. I think Stanley Kurtz said that last night. Doesn't matter. It is, thankfully, now and has been for decades, illegal to discriminate based on race, gender, anything, selling someone your house. You can't, you can't do it. It's illegal. So no one had a specific case of racism. They just said, we don't like the racial makeup of your town. There's basically too many white people. So we're going to sue you. You may say, oh, that, that probably got thrown out. No, no, it didn't. It scared the hell out of Westchester to the point where they agreed to build tens of millions of dollars of low-income housing smack in the middle of upper-middle-class neighborhoods. It's not coming to my neighborhood, AFFH. It already has. Well, what stopped it? Why hasn't it expanded throughout the country? Well, there were lawsuits, thankfully, that stopped some of it, but the Trump administration just put a big stop to it and said, we're not doing that. It's illegal to discriminate based on race, thankfully. It will continue to be 
forever in a sane country. But unless you can prove someone was racially discriminated against, you pointing out the racial makeup of a neighborhood has nothing to do with anything. People move to neighborhoods all for all kinds of reasons. Cuban family moves in. They bring in some Cuban, Cuban friends who live next door. You have neighborhoods that have a lot of folks who are Cuban. Well, why they chose that neighborhood, we have no idea. Unless you can allege racial discrimination, you saying a, neighbor, a neighborhood is racist is kind of offensive, no? So they're going to use this now to sue you and rezone your communities and plant a bunch of low-income housing right in the middle of your neighborhood. It's already happened. They're also going to redistrict your schools. But by the way, I'm all for school choice. So don't, I'm just telling you what's going to happen. But if you're not, which you should be, by the way, but if you're not for school choice, you know, no, my kids, I paid a lot of money to get in my neighborhood because the schools are good. That's fine. You're perfectly entitled to your opinion. That's not what the federal government's saying. They're saying, no, no, we're going to come in and we're going to redistrict your kids to different schools. Oh, you didn't know that? Oh, you think this is a big joke? Biden's running on this. Biden is running on reinstituting this. Even worse, they're doubling down. Watch cut two here. If they can't redistrict your schools, take away assets from your police department, and tax you to pay for big cities, they're going to institute regional governing consortiums to take away your tax money from your local neighborhoods, the suburbs they're going to destroy and give them to the cities? Check, check this out. You think I'm messing with you. So effectively, in so many crucial respects to the people who live in these communities or the people who want to live in these communities, the federal government would nationalize, federalize decisions respecting the economy, schooling, law enforcement, housing, zoning, commercial activity, transportation hubs. Have I missed something? You probably have, Mark. I've probably missed something because there are so many things. Mm -hmm. In the AFFH uh, regulation, it's hard to keep track. For example, I'll give you just one example of something we both missed, quote unquote. Uh, the AFFH will allow the feds to push local governments into regional governing consortia. Now, what does that bit of gobbledygook actually mean? It means that it will try to create a layer of government in between the federal government and local government a layer of government that corresponds to your greater metropolitan area. So if you are in, say, Montgomery County outside of Philadelphia, it will try to uh, remove your governing responsibilities and hand them over to the greater Philadelphia metropolitan area, which will probably end up uh, taking a chunk of your tax money. Uh, so there, there's a lot in AFFA. So just to be clear, Let's sum up what's in AFFH, which Biden has already openly pledged to expand. It's not a secret. Look it up yourself. I don't like Trump, his tweets. Good. You live in the suburbs? Here's what's coming your way. Low-income housing, massive housing complexes, big high-rises of low-income housing in your neighborhood, redistricting your schools. You like your schools? No more. They ain't your schools anymore. Your tax money is not going to be spent locally. It's going to be spent in cities you don't even live in that you just moved out of. And it's all going to be done under the guise of you're all racist, despite the fact they can't actually point to any racism. And one of the neighborhoods used as an example of neighborhood racism, again, not specific examples, they don't have any. One of the neighborhoods, Joe, here's the greatest irony of all, folks, and we'll be done after this because it's a mic drop moment. 
One of the neighborhoods in Westchester uses an example of a racist neighborhood that needs low-income housing built in it, and its schools redistricted is, 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 oh, Chappaqua, <laughs> where Hillary Clinton lives in the racist neighborhood. Hillary Clinton, of all the places to live, picks the racist neighborhood the federal government made an example of as a racist neighborhood. It's not, but they just, why doesn't she move? Why doesn't she, why does she support this? Because it's BS. Something racist about Chappaqua or anywhere else. They're just using it as a talking point. Sorry, phone's going. Always a busy day here at Bongino Inc. Oh man, that was a loaded show. All right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino. We really appreciate it. We had another terrific week and please pick up my new book again on pre-order. Follow the money. I promise you, all of these ties between the impeachment hoax, the Mueller hoax, and the Spygate hoax are all laid out. Really convenient. The book is written like a police file again, just like Spygate. So you can skip around between chapters if you want to find connections between all of this stuff. It's all there, all laid out for you in one spot. Check it out. Follow the money. Available barnesandnoble.com, Amazon, bookstores, online. Uh, Pre-order now. Check it out. You just heard Dan Bongino.